Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A Southern Storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me as always, Jason. Uh, how are we doing today? I'm doing much better. I think you guys might have heard from the previous episode. I did come down with COVID, but I am certainly doing much better now. I feel almost back to normal. How are you doing? Good. I'm good. I'm good. It's good to hear. Um, so what's going on with the uh, what's going on with Ghost Town Silence this this Ooh, time of the day? Look at you. God, you know what? I knew I really liked you. Um, <laughs> we have <laughs> we've got some shows coming up in August. We're doing Porch Fest in Dayton. And I think we might have, and that's an acoustic, we're doing it acoustically, and then we might have a full band electric show, I think at the South Park Tavern sometime in August as well. And again, we're just trying to, we're trying to figure out the recording studio that we want to go into right now. And I think, believe it or not, it might be, we might be going to Troy, Ohio and recording with one of the original members of Hawthorne Heights, the uh, guitar player and founding member uh, Micah has his own recording studio, and I think we may use him because we're all buddies. Well, that sounds that sounds pretty. Tell us about Porch Fest. Like, oh yeah, man. So Porch Fest is really really cool. Uh, the Singing Hill District in downtown Dayton, which is it's a historic old downtown area. They take two streets and close them off, and certain homes throughout the day will host an artist, and they could be a solo act, a duo, up to a full band. So um we're playing we're playing the same house we played at last year on the same porch of the, the same host family it's going to be great we're just like i said doing it acoustically but really cool walk up and down streets all day long and listening to music cool is it all acoustic no no oh, we played okay. full band last year and it was super right. loud so okay <laughs> we're toning it down okay. a little bit this year okay. You know, we talked about before, like when you guys go in the studio, like you have you everything like really super worked up to to save time and we do yeah i mean it costs money right you pay by the hour so you want to have things is polished up as much as possible what we what we may end up doing though this time is whatever songs that are really good right now we're going to go and record polish the other stuff come back and like do it in sections and maybe release singles at a time kind of like all the other artists that we talk to are doing it seems like that's the thing the thing to do nowadays singles maybe an ep yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of time, man, to go in and do eight, ten tracks and like one, get all the takes right, all the overdubs, you know, do everything, all the punch and stuff. It's hard. So a lot of studios, you know, like Dayton area, Cincinnati, Columbus. There are a lot in Dayton, Cincinnati. Um, there are some in Columbus, but we do most of the stuff in the Dayton area and there are quite a few. Right on. A lot right to on. choose from. Well, you know, there's a lot I mean, of going with people that we know, Brian, and trust mm -hmm. makes it easier on us. Right. So I know there's a lot of studios in Nashville, which is a good segue into our guest. Yeah, we got we have a returning guest, one of our favorites, um, blues rock guitarist, singer, um, solo act Leilani Kilgore is back with us to talk a little bit about some upcoming songs she has. And without giving a spoiler away, uh, you're going to be basically following a high speed chase down the freeway with uh, left-hand turns off, off the exit, and who knows what direction the car's gonna go in. But this is uh, this has gotta be our most entertaining conversation yet. 
it, it started out normal and focused on her new song and, and, and video that's out and some stuff. And then we turned into what we normally do, Brian. It's just sort of paths opened up and we took them. And that we did. And so uh, you guys just got to experience it for yourself. We can't really explain it without you hearing it. So uh, you want you guys just kick back, relax, and listen to our conversation with Leilani Kilgore. here at the guest segment of the podcast you guys know i always throw this over to jason he's going to tell y'all who we have with us today yep it's my pleasure to have a returning guest practically a member of the family i think coming around at this point but we are happy to have back on the awesome guitarist singer performer leilani kilgore how you doing leilani i'm doing great jason how are you how's everything in nashville Everything's great, Brian. Everything's everything's melting. Everything's incredibly hot. <laughs> Everyone's suffering and angry. So it's perfect. It's perfect. It's ideal situation. America. America. <laughs> right. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So, so we had on an artist yesterday. We were talking to Sam Bishop. Used to be of a, of a duo called uh, Whiskey Foxtrot. Anyway, he released an album last week called Heat Wave. So we gave him a bunch of shit like... Yeah, you released an album called Heat Wave during the middle of a heat wave. So, well done. A little on the nose, maybe. A lot on the nose. But we want to find out what's going on with you before you melt from the Nashville heat. You've got some cool stuff coming on, Something a video that just came out. So, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you. Yeah, so we uh, we were in the studio in March. Uh, and... Um... We fat, we finished three tracks there. I think we, we've talked about that before. And uh, those three tracks are finally getting released. So the first one, Diamond Shine came out, what day is it? It's 28th. Diamond Shine came out about 23 days ago, something like that, like right in the mm -hmm. beginning of the month. Two weeks later, we, we released the music video as well, the companion video for the song featuring all the studio footage from when we tracked. And now we're rolling into getting ready to release the next single, which is uh, it's Higher Ground. Um, that will be dropping mid-August. And we start filming for it uh, this week, actually, in a couple of days. And uh, it's going to be a pretty involved music video as well and a lot more cinematic. And I'm pretty excited about that. And then uh, September should be marking the release of the final single, uh, What Kind of Man. And at that point, I'll be back in the studio with three new songs. So it's, yeah, we're getting the ball rolling. It's, it's a lot of work and a lot of promotion and a lot of hashtagging and a lot of listening to my own solos 700 times for mastering purposes. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a good feeling to finally have like new, new catalog material out there in the world. So are you aiming, so, you know, you're doing, seem to be doing two or three song sets. Are you ultimately getting to release an album or are you just happy kind of doing a bunch of singles at a time? Well, definitely want to get to an album at some point. Um, the, the only thing is as, as a new artist, which is funny to say, because I've been playing professionally for most of my life at this point, we've only been doing the original shows for a year, a little over a year now. And so since we're kind of restructuring um, the way that I sell myself, so to speak, and the way that I, you know, dictate my my role in the music 
industry as an original artist, um, we're just kind of starting from the ground up. So right now we're starting with singles because it's easier to market. And that mm -hmm. way, you know, from a business perspective, you always have something to promote. You don't just like, you know, we say shoot your load in one go. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So right now we're okay with the singles game. You know, it helps us kind of gauge uh, what's tracking with who and, and you know, how are, how are certain things doing versus others. Um, but ultimately, I think by you know, the next two years, we'll probably start conversations about doing like a 10 song album just to have, you know, just to have it or at least re-release all the singles into an EP format. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, just kind of getting the ball rolling for now. And then, you know, once the touring schedule really kicks in and I'm gone a lot more, um, then I don't know if we're going to restructure at that point or not. I don't know. I just got overwhelmed just thinking about it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I was like, "Well, it's not overwhelming." I, like, I was like, "Oh my god, tour scheduling! I have to like book hotels for next week, and it's just like everything just got." Don't scary. get stressed out. I just got that like a very deep mental rabbit hole while just kind of pandering about nonsense. So sorry, cut out whatever you need to we're, cut out. This podcast is. isn't meant to give you a nervous breakdown. So you're doing something which we're seeing a lot of artists do is you release a song and then there's a, there's a video to go with it. And you talked about Diamond Shine, your newest single, your newest video. One, it's a great track. I've you know I've already chatted you about it. Like I love it. You absolutely catch fire on the solo at the end. Um, it's amazing. So is really, before we get to the, the technical parts of that song, is, is that your marketing plan as a single? There's always a video to go along with it. Cause like the first, this is what your first three singles have all had a video to go with them. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the plan moving forward for every single song because it's a lot okay. of work. It's a lot of money that's, that has to be invested. I love the videographer that I work with. I use him and he's shot He's done every music video that I've done now, including a lot of the live footage that I've released. He does every, you know, photography for the live footage. Um, love him to death. And we have a great time creatively coming up with concepts. But um, moving forward, I think the plan is just see how a single is tracking. And if it's if it's doing really well, then think about pairing a video with it. Otherwise, that just gets reinvested, you know, into like more road situation things. <laughs> Sure. If that makes sense, rather than yeah. like, well, you know, we can allot a grand or two grand or whatever it's going to cost here. But if we're making a music video for a song that's just not connecting the way we hoped it would, then it's just better spent somewhere else. So you you answered my next question. I was going to ask you, you know, uh, two part like the videos you're working with the same producer. Uh, how about in the studio with each track? Are you able to secure um, the same musicians that you know from song to song? And if so, I think that'd be impressive and natural because it people are really sought out there. Yeah, um, I got lucky with the three the three guys I worked with. Um, they just knocked it out in three hours. So as long as they have three hours available, then, then usually you can take care of whatever you need to take care of, especially for three singles. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not always easy, especially because the musicians that I used are typically road guys. Uh, the fact that they were all in Nashville on the same day was some ingenious stroke of luck. Um, but we're hoping to use them again, just because the, besides the fact that um, Craig Wright, who played drums, and Michael Rhodes, who played bass, and Robert Denley, who played guitar, they are some of the top studio musicians in Nashville. I mean, they've been doing it their whole lives, and they're unreal to work with. So we're hoping to get them back for the tracks in August or September, whenever we go back in, and just stick with them, as well as using the same producer, because what he came up with in such a short amount of time 
I mean, he had the tracks back to me like the next day and everything was wow. it just it's wow. phenomenal. So um, yeah, it was just like a, a, a you know, top notch recording experience. So we definitely want to want to do that again, especially now that I'm comfortable with the studio space. I know the musicians very well um, and they were so great to work with. So that that is the plan to stick with the same people. Yeah, I was going to bring up too is after seeing you live here a couple months back, your your band, your traveling band, is not your your recording band. It's not, um, and that's strictly because uh, time is money, and I mm -hmm. love my uh, I love my road bandmates to death. They are absolutely family. Um, but when it comes to studio session tracking, um, we felt more comfortable hiring people that just had been in studios and we know could just come in with a chart knock it out, you know, make whatever adjustments they need to make, read the national number system, you know, used to the environment because it's so different from playing on stage. Oh, sure. um, so it's really just a matter of just like getting people who, A, had the, the pedigree and the experience, well, pedigree, I guess, reputation and experience and and kind of, you know, uh, CV that we needed because otherwise it's very easy to go into like these really weird rabbit holes in the studio of like changeling, changing out like a pedal on a board, but you get cats like McNally and Rhodes and they're like, they just come in, they lay down like two tracks and they're good. So, the uh, so. <laughs> so Leilani, are you still, are you, do you do most things like DIY um, or what percentage of that do you do, uh, do yourself? And if so, once again, it seems pretty impressive that, you know, you, you, you know, you have to be pretty established there in Nashville to, to do that. So is that just, uh, because of expenses too, it's just cheaper to do it yourself and you just have the ability. Um, as far as like recording goes? Well, recording or, you know, getting shows or. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, right now we're, we're, uh, I, between me and my manager, we, we try to split the workload about 50, 50, but it's, it's very much a small business situation. Um, so yeah. So as far as like scheduling, everything is concerned, I still handle a lot of that. We, we kind of route the tours ourselves. We do work with a company called India on the Move, and they just have this incredible index of venues across the nation. And now I think they have Canada as well. Did they so get you taffies? They, they did. So can, we, we, I might have to have a conversation with them. <laughs> you know, I went to that. I you know I went to that show because I, you're going to need a friend there, and that, so my wife and I went. <laughs> I appreciate it. That was so funny too. I mean, it was such a cool room, but like, I mean, you know, in, in every situation. I, like, I played there. That's why I knew someone needed to show up for you. <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember you had told me, you're like, yeah, it's an interesting room. We had such a good time. We're actually, we're going back uh, mid October. We can't wait. It's, and then we found out like the Taffy's is haunted and our guitar player, John actually had an experience out behind the no, building. Really? What happened? No, what happened? Do tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Allegedly, like the story is according to the history that's printed on the internet, because everything on the internet is very accurate, obviously. True, um, true. <laughs> allegedly, the 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 because it's kind of a house. This venue, it's like the yeah. the the first floor is the bar and the the stage, mm -hmm. and then if you go up to the second floor, there's like a bunch of rooms. They converted one into like a studio. Anyway, I guess the house used to be owned by um, a a jeweler, and um, according to the the, the article that I read, he died under mysterious circumstances. Um, either like a safe fell through the floor or something, 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 you know, just questionable happened. Yeah. Um, right. And uh, the owner said that, yeah, you know, like we've had people say that they see like an old man dressed in 
you know, like kind of dated clothing with uh, Jules glasses walking around very quickly in the backyard, like pacing very angrily. And uh, as he was telling us this, our guitar player went, oh man, he was like, I was just standing out behind the back of the building. And like, he was like, I saw somebody sitting in a chair or something. And then they weren't there. He was like, I wonder if that was a guy. I was like, Ooh, that's, that's a lot. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of information. I probably didn't need to know, you know, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure October, so close to Halloween will be, will yeah. be fantastic there. So well, yeah, um, make sure I get the date. Cause again, you're going to need backup. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a, it was a fun show. And thank you again for coming out. It was good to see a familiar face, you know, especially in a new town we hadn't been to before. So we definitely appreciated I, it. I knew what you were expecting. So I, I came and Brian, I will say Leilani was taller than I thought. Everybody I always meet is like always a little shorter <laughs> than anything. She's tall. I was like, you know, you figure you should be short, but pretty good. Plus you, you had heels on, but I think you're pretty tall. I, I, I do okay. I, you know what? I get that a lot. That's the two things I get. For most people when they meet me the first time it's you're taller than i expected and you're nicer than i expected and i don't know what kind of short angry person impression i'm getting <laughs> off on social media but it's apparently that's kind of the the going rumor so it's interesting when people are like wow you're a lot taller but i my favorite is you're a lot nicer now that i you were just hmm. as nice as i expected well we already talked to you on the podcast i already knew that you were <laughs> that's cool, true. So it was not a problem but uh, yeah, it was good. And your band is great. Your live band is awesome. Like I, I chatted with John a while and said, hey, to your bass player and drummer. Really, like you guys are a really tight band. Yeah, I, I really try super hard to keep the same people on the road with me because, um, you know, we, we try to go out every weekend or, you know, we'll have two to three to four dates a week. And then yeah. we might have like an interim where we all stay in town for a little while and we don't always get to rehearse. So for me, it's like, first of all, you want to work with the same people because obviously the more you do something together, the more you just get in the groove of things you can read on stage cues. You kind of know what to expect from the players. You know, you just, you know each other. Um, the other thing is, you know, spending that much time together, you really start to build a bond with people. And so it, I just feel like it really kind of throws a monkey wrench in the onstage and offstage chemistry to have new people all the time. So I'm really lucky that I have three guys that are phenomenal players that are willing to, to spend as much time as they do with me on the road. And I mean, they know our, our schedule. My calendar just filled up all the way through November. And I mean, they're all, they're all, it's nothing but excitement and, and, you know, and anxiousness to get back out there from them, which I really appreciate. It doesn't, I mean, hopefully you guys it doesn't work. Well, I mean, you guys were locked in too, because, you know, there's a lot of jamming or solos and, you know, John knows where he stands, you know, where you're standing. It's a compliment to you too, because you give the rest of your band chances to shine too. It's not just you up there doing stuff. Absolutely. I think that, you know, because they are, phenomenal players I think that it's important that they get recognized for their skill set you know there is I am the front person I do front the band I lead the band yeah. I'm a tyrant I'm probably a nightmare to work with because the other thing is we have a set list but it doesn't always mean that a it's going to get followed and b it doesn't mean we're going to play every song the same way we've always played it so I do have moments where I'm like okay you know what I'm just feeling like John should just take a you know 60 bar solo here and thankfully you know they know me well enough to be able to just fall into that it doesn't freak anybody out nobody falls apart it's all super cool. We just have a good time. And then, you know, they do have to deal with me as a boss, which I'm sure is. Uh, but you just nuts. told us that you're nicer than people. <laughs> not if she's yeah, your boss, really, apparently. You're ruining the solution. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not really like, not <laughs> say that, oh, I'm a lot nicer than people expect. While I'm Ryan, I wasn't going to bring up, I did see her verbally berate one of the band members in the back alley after the show, though. But now That's that you've written. <laughs> He yeah, and crying. he actually he just thought it was a ghost because it was such a traumatic experience. His mind just went. 
this is a better story to cope with. <laughs> so you're talking about having dates up to November. Like, how where where are you all going to be playing at? Is is kind of that region of the southeast, or are you getting up north, or you know, how far well, you yeah, go? So the way that we the way that we plan things is uh, we strike. We strike. Sounds like I'm like planning an attack. We, Cobra uh, Kai, we strike first, strike hard. No mercy. <laughs> we strike a dog. Um, we we're playing markets depending on the seasons because obviously you don't want to find yourself stranded in Boston, you know, mid-November. Nobody wants that. So we we're just doing kind of like the Middle Eastern region and a little bit of like the the southeastern region, and now we're moving just into south. Um, so we're going to be circling back through Illinois, um, Indiana, Ohio. Uh, we actually have a bunch of Carolina dates coming up next week. We're going to be gone for about six days playing in the Carolinas, which is great. Nice. And yeah. then we're going to start moving our way into Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Florida, all that good stuff. So by mid-November, we'll mostly be down there. Um, but uh, yeah, and then winter comes, so we'll be sticking around the southern region for a while and then come next spring we'll start moving a little more towards the west and by summer hopefully uh make some routes up through the north up into canada so we just we just try to plan around the weather especially since you know when you're driving banned vehicles the last thing you want to do is is get stuck somewhere and have oh, to sure. cancel a show or dig yourself out of the you know a blizzard all the things that you know we're not particularly <laughs> interested in doing so are you hitting some are you doing some of the same venues? So you mentioned you're coming back to Taffy's. Like you played somewhere, I can't remember in Indiana, I think maybe in Annapolis. Are you doing same venues or are you like expanding out to different ones? Expanding out to different ones, definitely. But it is important and we do like to maintain reputations with venues, especially if they treat us well. And and so far, everyone that we've, everybody that we've played has been unreal. It's just been a phenomenal experience across the board. So we like to repeat at certain venues because we think that it helps kind of create um, a bit of a, familiarity with mm -hmm. us and whoever is in that region that wants to come out um you know nothing nothing too surprising and the other thing is also from a business aspect the first thing you have to do is outgrow a venue before you can move on so we want to hit the same places but we're also factoring in other cities that are nearby as long as we're not threatening the attendance at one venue versus another you know just mm -hmm. making sure that we're not too close and in, in location so yeah, we're hitting some new places, but uh, like, yeah, I think every three months or so is when we circle back to the same ones. So it's called a, it's called a spiral tour method. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of the plan there. Well, the yeah. Taffy's owner did love you. He was really getting into the show and I know he live streamed or did a bunch of stuff, but he, like he, he definitely dug what you guys were doing. Yeah, he was absolutely lovely, Kurt. Um, and he's been just uh, super easy to talk to and reschedule with, which is always a blessing as well. So on these shows, are these are you doing all is this all like your shows? Are you going to be playing with any other artists? Do you do you headline these? Or it's just you guys, or uh, it kind of depends on the venue. Actually, um, most venues, you know, as long as we're not playing uh, any longer than a certain amount, uh, we're happy to just do the whole show ourselves. If the venue mm -hmm. wants local support, we're happy to do that too. Um, it is a little extra legwork on on our part just to make sure that we find artists that are a available and b would make sense on a bill. Um, but some of the venues have been great and they'll actually suggest local support to us. And, and that's always greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, it just depends. I mean, September, September 30th, we're playing a, uh, it's like a charity fundraiser at Ground Zero in Biloxi. And actually Ali Venable was supposed to headline, uh, which okay. I was very, 
out. Pretty but much. unfortunately, we got called overseas. So we're actually going to be headlining and then we're going to have a bunch of other local acts. And that was all built by the venue. So it really, yeah, it really depends on the on the situation. But we're happy to share a bill. We're happy to get to meet new people in the community, especially in cities that we're not very like familiar with as far as the local scene is concerned. So we're trying to we're trying to definitely build more shows with other artists in the future. I was just going to ask you, you that if you've been offered it, like uh, proposed with any like package deals with with any other artists, whether you know them not or yet. not. Or um, yeah, not yet. I think typically, and I, I could be wrong, just because I'm I'm not speaking from experience here, just from what I've seen. But it seems like a lot of times that gets structured with either like a buy on tour, so you just you buy on as the opening act, or a lot of times if you work under a distribution label or a record label, they'll kind of pair artists under the same label together. So as an independent artist that's been doing this for about a year, it it's a little harder to get onto that sort of thing. But um, I do know some other bands that, you know, they'll come through Nashville and we'll kind of always play together or they'll hit us up about a date somewhere out on the road and want to mm -hmm. share it with us. So yeah, it's probably a matter of time because it's definitely something we want to do. Um, okay. But again, like, it's funny, the things that you're, when you're practicing guitar at 12 years old, you don't think, oh man, I should really look into like, you know, what would be like a non-predatory clause in a managerial contract when it comes to like death taxes. Like you don't think about the things that you're going to need to know, you know, but when you're learning your instruments, so it, it is a learning curve for sure. I have no idea what you were just talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, it's probably just some weird inner like spite I had about something. Yeah, you know fine. what? If, if you were a 12 year old and you were looking into that, that'd be a pretty sad state of like your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to research legal, you know, business. So I don't get screwed. <laughs> like Maybe you're a Disney kid. Get from merch sales as an opening tour. Nobody at 11 right. is thinking about that kind of thing, you know? You're crunching the numbers. You got your little visor on and. <laughs> right. A calculator watch. <laughs> yeah. Cigar in your mouth. <laughs> Just getting ready. <laughs> Just getting ready. <laughs> just practicing mom dad hey so going back to your latest single uh diamond shine oh sorry i'm getting uh -oh. an emergency alert uh-oh <laughs> hopefully everything's okay has, has nashville been nuked <laughs> it feels like it <laughs> <laughs> do you get like the amber alert stuff on your phone i typically i don't that was very odd that was a very <laughs> so so Is very specific <laughs> yeah that was some, i don't know what that was I have no idea. It could be, you know what? It could be a tornado. Who knows? It's summer. Anything could happen. You know, anything can happen. We're going back to Diamond Shine. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of twist this into seeing you live. When we went to see you play live, wasn't real sure what kind of show you're going to do because you had a couple singles out, you know, kind of pop rock, not necessarily blues rock. Your whole entire live set really was blues rock, rock inspired blues, everything. I think with Diamond Shine and a couple other tracks you're nice enough to share with us that haven't been released yet, it seems like predominantly, even now your, rec your recorded music is blues rock style. It's not, not necessarily mainstream rock, I guess. Is that kind of where you're right. going? Absolutely, because they're my two favorite genres. And um, growing up as a blues tribute musician, I mean, that's like my whole, my whole um, history is that genre yeah. and it's what got me into taking my craft seriously in the first place was playing blues i think probably because as a guitar player it's the best self-indulgent genre you can choose besides metal it's just perfect for anybody that has a bit of an ego sure. and wants yeah. to go off all the time um but i love rock because i love you know I, I grew up listening to the white stripes and green day and you know and classic rock bands as well my dad was always playing classic rock so i grew up listening to like the very high energy you know 
genre that that is. So I love them both so much. I really want to factor them both in also because I love both communities. Um, I've been a part of the blues community for so long. I just have so many people that I, I love in the in that genre. And um, I love the rock community. It's also a very, very supportive community. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it's just a, a great way to balance both things that I'm passionate about. And there's just something about blues rock that I just really love. Um, you know, having, still having like that soulful aspect while also having like a really great groove. It's just like right up my alley. So yeah, the first two singles I put out, Triple X Moonshine and I'm Gonna Leave You, um, I don't really think I knew what I was doing, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, they're they good songs. They're just not blue, like as bluesy. Yeah, they're definitely not. I, you can still hear some of it in my playing, but it's really, yeah. it's really not. It's, you're right. I mean, Triple X Moonshine is a, kind of on the verge of Southern rock, but it's not totally there. But um, yeah, I, those were those were done in such a, a, a rush, kind of, because I had a very limited amount of time. Um, and it was during the pandemic. Um, I just, I didn't really know what I was doing. I tracked you know drums and bass got tracked separately but everything else I tracked myself and it was just kind of an experiment just to see you know here's two songs that are worth releasing and we'll see what happens how they turn out but I think that I really found my footing with Diamond Shine and What Kind of Man and Higher Ground because they are very much exactly what you'd expect to hear in blues rock and I just mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. I love bridging those two things so yeah, for yeah sure. I think that we finally settled into, or as an artist at least, I finally, and it's hard because I also have this like, this weird inner urge to like write like sad girl songs because <laughs> I, it's just like my guilty pleasure music is like the national and stuff like that. So yeah. there's always a part of me that's like, we could do something different, but we're really good at this. So we should probably just stay here, just hang here for a while. Not confuse Throw a curveball, man. Did you know, get one of those tracks and throw, throw it down somewhere. Well, that's what be the fun thing about doing an EP is having just a little more, creative space to play with because if you're just doing single by single obviously you don't want them to just sound the same i actually i just got a comment on the video from diamond shine and somebody was like well i've listened to all three of your tracks and i oh. mean they all sound the same you're just banging on the guitar the whole time and i'm like no. well yeah i mean they're 11 <laughs> so i'm not gonna be nice like <laughs> well i read the comments I read the YouTube comments like you ever think about working with other women like you're always yeah. with men i was like oh here we go <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'll tell and you. You were like, very nice in your response, by the way. That was pretty measured. Yeah, I try to be very diplomatic and everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I, I'm not going to lie. My first instinct was to be not so nice just because it's a little insulting to me. Just be, I don't know. It's just, it seems like a silly thing to want to factor into someone's career. It has nothing to do with it. Um, and I have worked with all female bands and I still do. So it's, it was just like, well, if you're going to, if you're going to take a fight about something, you might want to, you know, do your research a little bit, make sure you're not yelling, you know, insults about a lion at a tiger so um where was i going with this um oh yeah variety variety is important so yeah i think uh with the next couple singles i we want to try a few different things i know like one of the songs we're doing is just a straight blues song which i'm really excited about we're gonna add some horns it's gonna be nice and tasty and and upbeat but also like trying out a couple different things like maybe getting some you know some synth tracks at some point for one of the songs and a little bit on the heavier rock side and yeah just just add in a couple different things versus the three that we have i think they're different enough um but they all do have very much that element of 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 banging on strings i guess uh, but they don't sound the same that that dude's a moron <laughs> tell us all your really I'm always, I'm always i'm always welcome to a healthy debate i'm happy to happy to engage well uh i'll look forward to that straightforward blues song as well but the you know the the blues influence that you have in your music is cool because 
you're playing on the heavier end of that. I mean, a diamond shine is very heavy, heavy riff. And I really enjoy that. So I wanted to compliment you there and having that, you know, really heavy kind of hard, hard guitar sound, you know, mixing with that blues influence. But I know as artists go along, like someone like yourself that grows and gains more different influences and increases their talent. It's I'll look forward to seeing those other songs and different, different, levels of he wants the, the sad girl songs that he's trying to say <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to that because like the whole straight blues song like like i say once again like you're different because you're not just doing straight chicago 12 bar you know but i know you could do that well too so yeah it's i mean maybe straight i think it's just a little more traditional blues than everything else we've done what kind of man comes very very close um, but I love I also, that song, by the way. I sent you a note on that. Love it. You did. I'm so glad you like it. It's honestly, it, it's hard for me to pick a favorite between the three. Um, but if I had to, I think What Kind of Man might be it, just because um, I think that solo was some kind of m miracle one-take situation that I'll never get to replicate in my life. So you did that in one take, recording it? One take? Always. Yeah, I always do solos in one take. Um, I don't comp. So... We'll do as many takes as it gets until I get a take where I'm like, that's, so you, that's it. You guys will play the whole song together and you're going to play that solo. And if you F up, you don't like it. Everybody goes back. You sit, you play through the song and you, until you get to the solo again. Luckily not. <laughs> Luckily for the musicians, oh. musicians sake, okay. no. So what we do okay. is like, we'll track, we'll get all the guys in the room and they, we'll just run the basic tracks. We'll okay. get the Facebook, everything. So you'll punch and in, do the solo and gotcha. Yeah, okay. I'll just punch in the solo, but I don't like comping solos. I don't like, you know, let's stop here and we'll insert this bit like take that from here and I okay I, I see what you're saying i thought you're like we'll do the whole song all over again i'm like holy <laughs> shit that's rough that would be and you know what there are some situations Speaking of tyrannical like, Ilani. <laughs> i know i'm i'm really authoritative theory and figure um <laughs> there are going to be some things that we're going to have to do that with like um i know you heard us do jolene at, at tabby's yeah. and we really love the version that we do of it so we're um we're gonna want to take it into the studio. I think we're talking about filming it in one of the RCA studios here. But if we do that live and I fuck up the solo, that's definitely gonna be one of the situations. Where like, okay, guys, at the top, and we're all gonna get yeah. super sick of Jolene. So, but no, typically <laughs> like for studio stuff, I'll just be like, all right, solo section starts here. Let's just punch it in four bars early. Give me a second to settle in, and then off to the races. Um, so I think that's why what kind of man is my favorite. I mean, higher ground has a lot of sentimental meanings to me. That one's probably. In fact, that is 100% a love song. It doesn't really sound like it, but it is. Um, and Diamond Shine was I was just glad it wasn't the Chili Peppers cover song. <laughs> I was like, oh, please don't tell me you covered this. <laughs> I know. I had a couple people comment on that. They're like, you did a cover for one of your singles? No. I'm like, no, I did not. But, the, but that's a good song, too. But it is not as bluesy as What Kind of Man. And What Kind of Man is like, Brian, that's like the blue sweet mm -hmm. spot right there. Yeah, it's that's that's definitely my favorite one. I'd actually I'd love to that's gonna be one of those solos I I'd like to to relearn. Um just because I don't know. I think it was very angry. I think it's I think that was the last solo we were tracking. It was the third day of tracking. And um I just happened to check my phone right before we tracked the solo and I was pretty burnt out at that point. But somebody had I've been uh I'm not gonna get into it, but basically I've been having this reoccurring issue with, with somebody on social media, just sending me these very personal messages. And, um, I just happened to see a message from this person right before we tracked the solo. And I think I, I think I like blacked out a little bit and that's what we had was this very angry solo. And I was like, that's, Emotion. that's mm -hmm. we're done. That's, that's not going to get better than that. So yeah, I don't like to, I don't like to cut up solos and take pieces. Cause I think that especially when it comes to playing guitar, 
you know, your solos should be a train of thought. It shouldn't be yeah. it should bits of broken sounds. It should absolutely flow. I love, that's one of the things I love about blues is the way that you can incorporate dynamics into playing. I think that's a, a gorgeous thing to get to experience and do. So yeah, so I like to keep everything one take. And if, if there's something in the take I don't like, then we're just gonna have to redo it. And that's just how I, I work in the studio, which I'm sure my producer was sick to death of after 72 hours. Well, going back to, again, your new single, like with the first time I listened to Diamond Shine, I audibly screamed. I was like, yeah, like when at the end of that song, because that solo is fiery as hell. How many takes did it take you to get to the one you kept on, on the record? Um, I think it took about four takes. Um, wow. That's not yeah, very I many. I don't do a lot of takes. Luckily, I'll, luckily I'll settle for something about four or five takes in. I think um, Higher Ground was two takes or three. What kind of man was? I think that was one or two takes as well. Maybe three, um, maybe four. But it, yeah, I don't think we do any more than about five takes. Um, okay. And yeah, it's just just for the sake of of feeling at the moment. And then the last, you know, if I hear something that I liked the first time around, I'll I'll redo it and then just build around it. Um, yeah, Diamond Shine was a was a hell of a solo. I think that was definitely my most as many like oh. as many notes as I can possibly play. Just you know pedal the metal solo off of the three i'm telling you yeah. i pumped my fists and screamed when i heard that one that that's a good it's i'm sure it's a lot of fun to play oh so much fun to play yeah it's actually funny because i i think when we did the music video you, you can't tell and i probably shouldn't even be admitting this for shooting myself in the foot but i think we used the footage from the previous take for the music video so like certain parts of it don't quite line up if you pay enough attention like if any guitar player is like oh she's not playing what i'm hearing so don't yeah, learn the solo not. by watching the video <laughs> and finding out your finger positions and stuff right yeah exactly it's going to confuse the hell out of everybody because it's not going to make any sense you're going to be like but she's here I hate but that. that's not what i sound like yeah so sorry have you ever done that like go to youtube videos and watch see what the guitar player is playing and try to oh okay that's what they're doing and then you find out it's like they've done that essentially they've done something like different part of the song or video you're like that's not right yeah oh yeah it's the worst and so i felt a little guilty like i was talking to my videographer and i was like do we have like i must have i must have done something like he must have filmed the take or something and i must have changed my mind and come in and retract it later and he just wasn't there so it's it's kind of a for anybody who was like at it like wants to learn the solo all oh, those poor kids that want to know <laughs> you're gonna have to I'm do a youtube to... video of how to play the solo on diamond shine just to make up for it yeah, I know. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to post like a public apology and a confession <laughs> and find affidavit. And then so many really... kids are going to quit playing guitar because of this, Leilani. Less competition <laughs> for me. So there you go. <laughs> that was my plan all along. <clears throat> That's funny. Well, speaking of guitars, uh, you posted a new baby on the social medias recently. Let's talk a little bit about it. I did. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah, that is so, so gorgeous. I don't know if you can see it. I have a whole bunch all my guitars are back there and there's a bunch I more can. cases but that's my whole that's my whole little i don't know how many i have now I have your enough. army yeah it's seriously it is it's they're also like it's like my alarm situation like if somebody decides to break into my back door they're just gonna have to go through like knock everything guitars. over <laughs> and i'm definitely gonna hear it so works it has a, a double purpose yeah so this gretch um it is a it's a jet um an electro yep. Yeah, see, this is great. This is what this is like my first non-Fender, non-Gibson guitar. Um, I was in um, where was I? I think it was the, actually the day after we played Eaton's, or something like that. It was very, it was very close in time. We were in Indiana, and we had a bunch of time before our show, 
so we went to the shop uh, more guitars in Evansville um I know one of the the guys who works there Rob Arnold who's a, a fantastic guy and we all went in and uh, we just had like you know a couple of hours so we were just kind of fucking around and pulling stuff off the walls and you know between John and Josh and I all three of us were like man this was a really bad idea someone's <laughs> gonna buy something I think at some point we all ended up with like Gretsch baritones in our hands which was probably the mm. most obnoxious sound like yeah. worse than Fairway to Heaven just a bunch of baritones jamming like a <laughs> one four five nobody wants that but um this Gretsch was there and I'd never played a Gretsch before I played a couple I don't really like the big the big semi hollow bodies they sound great yeah. they look great they're just not really my thing but um, I saw this, I just like immediately caught my eye between the, the finish and um, like the V-shaped bridge I thought was super neat. So I picked it up and I plugged it in and I was like, man, this thing just sounds awesome. So uh, I asked the guitar, um, the employee at the guitar shop to hold it for me for a while. And um, by the time I got back home, I was like, I can't really, I don't really, it wouldn't make sense to buy a guitar right now. I ended up selling um, my St. Vincent. And um, by the time I sold it, I was like, you know what, we're just going to go buy the Gretsch. And um so he shipped it to me here and I've had it for a few days now. And here it is. It has not been on stage yet. I'm not going to take it downtown no. to a Broadway shift, but it's probably going to come on the road with me uh, for the Carolina run. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. The only thing is because it's a Gretsch and it's not a standard Les Paul or, or Strat or anything like that. Um, I have no idea what these knobs do. Just to be completely honest, they all seem to function as individual volume knobs. And I'm sure there's a tone knob on here somewhere. Like I was talking to a friend of mine and I was telling him about it. And I was like, I just don't know what these do. And he was like, well, for what you paid, there should be a tone knob somewhere on the guitar. So we're still yeah. figuring that one out. I'm too stubborn to look up anything. So I just want to figure it out myself and suffer for a while. Um, but it's awesome. I, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really, really happy with it. I think it's a gorgeous, gorgeous guitar. And the tone is phenomenal. Um, I've been running it through my twin uh, with the uh, Oxbox attenuator and a little FET driver pedal and it's just been an awesome, awesome addition. It's just different enough that, you know, I don't feel like I'm getting the same guitar with humbuckers or whatever. So it's, it's nice to have a little bit of variety. How's the neck? The neck is awesome. Um, as you can see, obviously nobody listening to this can see it, but it's a really smooth finish. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just like a, a nice skinny width. Is so it it's fast? not like, is it fast? Somewhat fast, yeah. It's pretty fast. I'd say it's very yeah. fast because it's thin, you know, so it's not yeah, like, it's like it doesn't get the way my hands um, and you can really get up here on the, the neck as say well. say the heels carved back a lot there at the neck. I see that, the yeah. neck joint. It's perfect. So it's, yeah, it's definitely, a, it's definitely a, a fast guitar, which is always probably just an enabler for me, but it's all right. It's sometimes worse things. You're going to have to learn some rockabilly now is what you're going to have to do. I know it, man. Well, you know, I have this um, this side project that I'm in. The, the Beat Creeps is a, a psychobilly oh, that's rock. That's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, you, you uh, they played in to... Newport, Kentucky a couple months back, or not too long ago, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're, where are we going? I think in August, we've got like uh, Colorado and Amarillo, Texas, like uh, Oklahoma. And a bunch so you're, of still, you're still doing the Beat Creeps thing. Yeah, it's, you know what, luckily the guy that I work with in the bands, he's the singer for this this group, Hillbilly Casino, um, he hit me up about it about two years ago, and I figured it was just one of those like pandemic projects that doesn't go anywhere, um, mm -hmm. but he's a really hard worker, he's very passionate about, about what he does, but the good thing is he has Hillbilly Casino, I have my band, uh, the bass player Ariel, she also has other bands that she's involved in, so really the beat creeps is just one of those things where it's like, if we have the time and we're all available, we'll take a gig. Um, 
if not, then if not, because we all understand that we have different things in our careers to focus on. But it is a nice little, you know, I get to be somebody else. I get to be this person that, I mean, we just played the exit in. And uh, the last song we played, I ended up like bull whipping the singer for like a minute and a half during a solo section and throwing a mic stand. So it's it's nice to get to be somebody else who doesn't have to. I, I try to maintain an air of professionality at my own <laughs> gigs. I try to be somebody that looks like they know what they're doing. But with the beat creeps, like the whole point of it is just there is no plan. It's absolute chaos for 45 minutes. Nobody knows what the hell Nick is doing, why he's on the ground, how long he's going to be there, where the mic's going to end up being thrown. So it's a nice little, you know, a nice little, you know, break from the person that I typically try to portray myself as. I, I just, I'm just a different character in that band. But um, yeah, they've been wanting me to bring the Gretsch out. I just, I'm impartial. To the I think it just works quite well for, for the stuff that we do. So had you, in your head, had you been wanting to hear a different tone from, your fenders and gibson or did that just was that a happy accident when you're in the store and just pick up the guitar and play yeah you know I'm, i wasn't really looking for anything different i have enough variety in my in my selection of les pauls and fenders i mean i have the telly with the triple humbuckers i have a telly with a lipstick mm -hmm. pickup I, I have enough variety that it's not really so much that um but there are certain guitars that i just don't bring out on the road with me not that there's anything wrong with them I just have like certain tones in mind for what we do for my own shows. So with the Gretsch, it was like, the first thing I noticed obviously was like the aesthetic of it. I was like, man, that's just a really gorgeous guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, I love, I love the dark wood. I love the, the finish. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been like intrigued by Gretsch's, but uh, yeah, I just, I picked it up and the neck just felt right. And you know, when you just pick up an instrument, you're like, man, like this is not a struggle. Yeah. To play. It resonates. It, it vibrates. Like, and you're, you're just like, oh, that's it. Exactly. And so when we plugged it in and ran through the amp and I think it's just like running it through like a shitty little solid state, something or other. But even still, I was like, this just it it plays like butter. It sounds very full. You know, it's not too tinny. It's just got a very round, warm sound. And I love that. And the sustain was fantastic. I'm a huge fan of something that can hold sustain. So, yeah, I don't know what it was about it, but I think also you're right, Brian, having the appeal of something that's a little different did stand out to me as well. It's like, this is not like anything else I have. And it's nice to have options. Well, that style of that guitar goes really well with your like image. You know what I mean? Like it kind of fits. It's not like, hey, that's like a weird guitar for Leilani to play. And it like, kind of works with what you do. Right, like if I got like a, you know, like if I got like a Pelham Blue Jazzmaster, that might be a little concerning, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> that might, but you know, that might I mean, it, it fits, bit. it fits, it's right. good. Yeah, that's the other thing that's too, it's kind of weird about it. It's like when you start marketing yourself as an original musician and you start really working on that aspect of your career, it's really important to have a consistent image. So, I mean, with a lot of my stuff, with a lot of the guitars that I bring out, um, they're black and gold for a reason. You know, I have a custom couple of custom pedals. You're on a my huge board. Striper I, fan, obviously, right? Black and obviously, gold. yeah, definitely <laughs> Striper. Thank you, Striper, for the inspiration. Um, no, I don't know. I just, I love the black and gold aesthetic of like the, the 57 custom Les Pauls. Um, I wear an awful lot of black and it just kind of makes sense. So um, aesthetic is definitely something I have to think about when, when buying guitars, which is so weird. It's not probably as big of a deal as I make it out to be, but you know, image is image. Lizzie Hale has that weird mm -hmm. Explorer bird that she just put out that 100% makes sense because it's Lizzie Hale. You know, if she released like a telly with a Paisley print, I think that would lead to some c confusion. <laughs> 
So what would be the most weird guitar for you to play, Brian? We got to help her figure this out. Like, what would be <laughs> totally just completely awkward? I think one of those Fender Acoustasonics would look a little strange. Oh, my God. I can't get into those. I don't care. Those just seem really weird. Yeah, I don't know what it is about him. Actually, I saw Jack White play one when he was here uh, at Ascend. And I, I even then I was like, you know, it actually sounds surprisingly good. But it's Jack White. He's probably running it through like a meat grinder wow. and some like 1993 modem. Like, it's just not even going to sound the way that that guitar would even typically sound. But it was a little weird to see, you know, an acoustic sonic. Not that Jack White yeah. cares, obviously. Not it's Jack White. I mean, right? Like, he likes to pick up the shittiest, crazy guitars and seeing what kind of sounds he can make out of them anyway. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think an acoustic so sonic would be a weird one for me to play. I think that might be <laughs> a little odd. Or some sort of like metal, like a Schecter or something. Or... <laughs> yeah, like, see, that's that's where I was going, like a Schecter or like a, yeah, like a hardcore metal. Yeah, <laughs> that would be also very odd. BC Rich. Yeah, that would be pretty strange. So we're, uh, we're going to get off on a tangent, which is good, because that's what we do. When I was at the Gibson garage a couple months ago, you know, Gibson Elms, Kramer and all that, Kramer and that, you know, those kind of guitars are kind of really making a comeback and stuff, but. I was super tempted to buy this one. It was a Kramer, but it was the Cobra Kai guitar. It had the Cobra Kai logo on it and everything. And like the, the history I've had with the Karate Kid and some other stuff, I I should have bought it. I just should have bought it, but I just couldn't imagine spending $1,000 on a single pickup Kramer just because, you know, I, where was I going to play it? I wasn't going to play it with my band. You right. Know? Yeah, that's where fuck you money comes in handy because you can right. make a purchase like that. And I'm, I'm, I have two kids, one in college. Like, I don't, I, I don't have, that goes to their education. Exactly, 100%. Yeah, I, I totally get it. You see something like that, you're like, God, that'd be such a weird, quirky purchase. And it's just like, is the joke enough to justify the price tag? Probably not. But sometimes you just gotta, yeah, I get it. But I was in a music video in 2006 with all the guys from the karate kid are you serious yep yep i i had at the request <laughs> of johnny lawrence mr billy zapka himself to, for me to participate so That's i've got a amazing. long i've got a long run history with those guys how on earth did that happen uh so in the early 2000s me and one of my friends who's also been in the band with me forever we created a website called the fraternal order of zapka billyzapka.com the old the whole thing was our perspective is he was the hero of the Karate Kid and just one of the guys in back to school and the kind of nerdy, unathletic kid was actually the villain. And we, we wrote about that and we sort of had a, you could join the Foz by doing all this stuff. And we, he found out about it, liked it, thought it was funny, understood we were not making fun of him, but just sort of like enjoying this whole thing. And then when he, he directs and produces music videos and he was doing one for a band called no more kings for a song called sweep the leg which was all about the karate kid so he's like hey would you guys take a look at the treatment come on down like spend some time with us in the music video for a couple of days participate and nicest guy they were all nice even That's even awesome. uh since they crease was nice he was very scary to look at but super nice guy <laughs> that's incredible that's such a that's such like a unique experience to have yeah and mr belding from saved by the bell was in the video as well <laughs> 
I need to find this video. This sounds incredible. <laughs> I'll, I'll, get, I'll give you a link to it. Like it was the whole thing. But anyway, so before all that, like Johnny Lawrence and like Daniel LaRusso was the real villain, like all that stuff we had done that even like going into, I think uh, there was a run on how I met your mother and some other things. We even pitched a version of Cobra Kai. It's on Netflix to him at the time, but it was more comedic and just it wasn't, a, you know, there wasn't all the streaming markets back in 2005, 2006 that you have now. So, anyway. Right. And on uh, April Short Fool's, claim to fame. On April Fool's Day, he told everybody he was leaving the podcast to start the Cobra Kai Metal podcast. Yeah, I remember that. And I actually believed it. I must have like seen it a day later or something. I was like, oh my God, he's leaving the podcast. He was like, no. So uh, all of my friends who knew that background that I told you completely bought it because they're like, oh, of, co of course. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right. Uh, of course. But so anyways. Long story to get where, when I saw that guitar, I was like, I sort of have to buy that guitar, but practical me was like, eh, you know, a thousand bucks for something I'm not even going to like, it's just going to hang yeah. up on my wall and not get played, you know, fuck you money. I need some fuck you money. How do I get fuck you money? <laughs> I know. I've been asking myself that same question for years. If, if we had fuck you money, we'd be putting festivals together. I promise you that. Leilani would be on it in a heartbeat. <laughs> that would be a good use of fuck you money. The festivals. Call it the fuck you festival. There you go. <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> Look great on the t-shirt. The old double F. Speaking of t-shirts, our order is coming in tomorrow, guys. But this is actually what a prototype looks like. Oh, that looks awesome. Yeah. That's stellar. So, so all my big order comes in tomorrow. I'll reach out for mailing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everybody. by the way, for, for sending me some shirts. Well, you've got to you got to wear it on the socials and, you know, you got to you got to advertise absolutely. with pleasure. I, I yeah, you would not be the first to request that. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to oblige. I, I gave the guys from uh, Goodbye June when I saw them in a couple uh, like last month, the shirts and I'm like, Tyler, you guys better wear them and post. They haven't done it yet. So I got to <laughs> I got to get back on them. Yeah, just haggle them about it. Um, that's a great band, by the way. Goodbye, June. Oh yeah, oh, really good, really good. They were so amazing live. Like, just you know, the records are good, but they just they brought that same thing to the stage too. And man, it is. And they're Nash. That's a Nashville band. Yeah, which I I keep forgetting, but um, yeah, somebody brought them up to me a couple months ago, and I was like, I, this is like the fifth time I've heard about them. I gotta check them out, and they're phenomenal. Oh, I have not had the pleasure so of seeing them live, but now that you said that they're they're great live, I'll have to go check them out they're getting ready to tour. so i think they're in europe right now and they're coming back to the states because they're coming through as a headliner in columbus at a, at a little club in august that i'm gonna go to but they were opening for whiskey myers when i saw them last month oh that's awesome whiskey myers is also fantastic very yeah they were, were good i you know i never knew a lot about them and only heard a little bit but they were a really really good live they're band incredible. And like when incredible. i saw what those guys looked like i'm like that's what they look like like they didn't look like these hillbilly guys they look like almost <laughs> like a like an alt rock band wow i'm surprised i i was surprised too <laughs> well you know leilani and goodbye june whiskey myers i think we're slowly uh, putting together the lineup for the fuck you festival <laughs> without the fuck you money <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the old double f festival brian you know we gotta make it family friendly we can use the <laughs> I'm sorry for incurring profanity on your, your show. I apologize. Oh, yeah, because nobody <laughs> ever uses it ever. And our sponsors are going to get really mad and drop us. The Waffle House. <laughs> the Waffle. We pretend that the Waffle House sponsors us. 
we can get like Dave's Waffle Haas or something. That's about what we Waffle. <laughs> Waffle Shack. Dave's Waffle Shacks. Waffle Haas <laughs> is great. <laughs> that's that's a low bug saying i'm not, i'm gonna start having a coughing fit in a second i i have covid by the way just guess anybody's wondering do you fine. really yeah are you are I you doing to, okay i'm i'm doing fine i'm doing fine uh my medicine's working uh i think you know i went to my, my daughter's my daughter had a, a dance national competition i went to and I ended up sick and nobody else ended up sick. The other people around, like, I don't know. It's such a weird, like, random thing. Yeah, like, that's exactly what happened to me the first time I got it. It was like, it made absolutely no sense. You know, everybody's vaccinated. And like, I was around fewer people than everybody else I knew, but I'm the one who got sick. Great. Right, anyway. yeah. It's the way it goes. But I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I just made you going to a coughing fit. I'm glad. Yeah, I never would have guessed, so... You look like you're doing great. Just, my, my image is old and sickly anyway, so nobody can ever <laughs> tell I'm old and sick. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely understand. I've had dark circles under my eyes for as long as I can remember. And frequently I'll have people just be like, are you okay? You look, you look like you're, you're not doing great. I'm like, I'm not, well, I'm not, but also like, I'm fine. Like, this is just, this is, this is just standard. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> so, oh gosh, now I have to contain myself. I'm gonna I wanna ask about your a couple questions about your uh your your gig that you got on you know on uh Broadway. Is there are there any cover songs that you really do love playing? Yeah, there's plenty. Um the lucky thing about the Broadway band's day job situation is um the lead singer and I test, um we we co-run it. And we compiled the list of covers ourselves. So, I mean, our standard fare is White Snake and Ozzy Osbourne and um, Pat Benatar, a lot of Joan Jett, um, Renegade by Styx, Carry On, like all the classic rock, like Motley Crue. So, there's nothing that I really don't love playing. Like, yeah. I have some favorites that I definitely, you know, choose more than others. Like, I really like doing Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, but uh, yeah, and then like some of the more challenging stuff, like we've done The Boys Are Back in Town a few times, you know, the live ending with Gary Moore, and that's one of my favorite riffs to play. But uh, no, I think just because we have the freedom, the structure, our song with ourselves, even though we have actually, we, we recently got fired for playing Rage in Against the Machine, which you makes sense. You got fired? Really? Hold on, hold on. You can't gloss over this. Tell us the story. So we, yeah, so, uh, well, it's, it's not a terribly interesting story, but um, there is a bar downtown called Lucky Bastards, and that's where we had our residency. So four mm -hmm. hours a week, we would be there. We'd do the late shifts, um, especially in the summer, always a great time. After about 8 p.m., people don't really want to hear traditional country. Um, so we were doing great, making the bar a lot of money, making ourselves a lot of money, just a, a nice, happy position to be in. And then we started hearing rumors uh, that the owner wanted to start changing it into a country bar. Now, I mean, the logo is a sugar skull. It's Lucky Bastard Saloon. I mean, it's not exactly mm -hmm. what you would think of as a country bar anyway. Um, but then we started hearing, like, people started getting dropped as far as, like, employees, and there were some new people running certain things, and it just started to get a little shaky. And pretty soon we heard that we had till the end of May to play, like, 90% country during our shifts. And for a straight four-hour gig, that's a lot of country. We don't dislike country. We do play country. It's just 
you know, a majority of our set list is not really our thing. I mean, for God's sakes, most of us have tattoos. It's just not really fitting. So, um, but around the end of May, um, we uh, had run into some trouble with management, just kind of telling us, hey, you guys really need to start playing more country, et cetera, et cetera. And then one unfortunate night, we were the band on stage, um, just happened to be playing when the owner's wife came in and she was in the VIP booth and somebody tipped us like 50 bucks to play, um, um, oh, what's that song we Rage Against the Machine? It's, um, why am I blanking on this? Killing in the name. name of? Yeah. yeah. Which we've done uh, like a hundred times. It's actually pretty standard for downtown, but unfortunately we were the ones playing it that night. So she filmed it and we got fired within like 24 hours. Um, but all that being said, I mean, if there's ever a song to get fired about, that's a pretty good song. But what, you know? I mean, what are they firing you over profanity or what? No, just the fact that we were playing something that was a little heavier um, was really the- but Somebody paid $50 to play it. Exactly. And unfortunately, because, you know, Broadway is a tip-based industry, it's like, well, I mean, we can't not play it. We'd also, you know, been approved to play it the week prior. And it was just one of those really unfortunate things, just, you know, wrong place, wrong time. So that is what it is. We still play downtown. Um, we're still, we have a new couple places of residency, um, but we are playing as often, um, which is kind of a good thing and a bad thing because it allows me more time to be on the road. And I'm, um, offering lessons to a few students again and uh you know just have a little more time at home um and i'm not as burnt out as much but that's good at the same time you know it is a really unfortunate time of the year for that to happen just because summer summer tourism yeah, is everybody's huge huge place for for downtown musicians so so that is the legend of the lucky bastards firing it's fine you know it's, it's totally okay it's yeah it's not like a terribly big deal fuck them they can't don't do what they tell you. Exactly. Well, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I, think <that> was the <laughs> I think that was exactly the issue. <laughs> so do you, do, you, uh, do you have any new ink since the last time we talked to you? I do. Um, when is the last time we talked? Yeah, I, uh, I just got this little number on my wrist there. I don't know if you can see it. It's, uh, it's a heart. And um, my oh, artist yeah. told him, like, you know, I, I wanted a heart on fire, basically. Um, and he just kind of did his own little interpretation. So that that's that one. It's not that's such an awkward angle, but uh, but yeah, mm. that's what that one is. So that's the only the only new ink, only because so is, your, ink. is your heart on fire? Is that why you got that? Yeah, it was kind of like a little bit of a reminder to myself to like it's okay to be a very passionate person, you know. Um, and I just it's I mean, my parents, God bless them, they're they're not from a generation where tattoos were commonplace. So I frequently have to explain the meaning behind my tattoos as justification. Um, but this one was just one of those things where I was um, I don't know, I must have been I think I was uh, having a really rough time in May just with the, the job loss and everything and, and restructuring uh, how I was going to adult, basically. Um, and I was just like, you know, rather than, I think it's just like, you know, it's okay to really firmly believe in what you're doing. You shouldn't have to, um, you shouldn't have to compromise on your passion just to make somebody else happy. Like if you're not happy with what you're doing, then you shouldn't be doing it. So that was kind of just the symbolism behind that. And um, it's also right above my tattoo of the one, four, five lose progression. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. Cool. Nice. Very cool. 
Yeah, that's that's the only one. If I got any more than one a year, I think my mom would actually fly out here and kill me. So I try to avoid that. <laughs> Are, I think that's, that's mid- about all she can handle. And they're out in Cal- Southern California, right? I think we're to, we talked about that before. They actually just moved to, they're on their way to Texas right now. They are retiring and moving to Texas, which is, I think, what my dad has always wanted. He's 72, and he is currently fantasizing about uh, hunting wild boars. So we'll see oh, how that goes. Well, they do he have has, those in Texas. They really do. And he definitely has the Stetson and the shotgun, so it's only a matter of time. <laughs> Well, congrats yeah. to him, man, for being able to retire. Anybody that can retire this day and age, God bless. Yeah, no kidding. They're both, uh, my parents are both very hardworking teachers. So it's actually my mom that just retired this month. So I'm very, I'm very happy for her because she's been doing my it for dad a was long a, time. My dad was a principal for 37, 38 years. And I was so happy and he was very happy when he was able to retire. Because that, that is very taxing working in public schools. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I mean, my mom taught at, Every school I went to, Sons Middle School. So she especially uh, had a hard because I was an incredibly difficult teenager. So, I, my dad was never my principal, but everybody knew my father. And sometimes that worked to my advantage and sometimes it didn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. It just depended who it was. Well, yeah, I mean, was well, he not a teacher? He wasn't a teacher at your school, just in the district? Yeah, he was a principal in the, in the district. So, you know... We had a, a district that had multiple elementary schools, and I went to a different one. Gotcha. Yeah. So it worked out. It worked out really well for me. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it is definitely a, an interesting experience when you can't get away with anything because all the teachers know who your parent is because they're like one extension call away. It's yeah. probably yeah, a good role... respect. When I was in third and fourth grade, I had my mom as a teacher. Oh, really Lord. yeah did she spank you from the class well, i mean it's like you see other kids like you know being kind of like bad whatever and you just gotta sit there and not be bad <laughs> <laughs> right exactly i mean i i definitely had an, an easy enough time getting into trouble regardless yeah. of the fact that she was on my campus but it's probably it probably would have been significantly worse if she wasn't so it's yeah. probably a the word was out on me is if I got in trouble to the point of needing to be paddled, they'd call my dad and he'd show up and do it himself. What? <laughs> Luckily, it never happened. I was, you know, a pretty good kid, but like that was that was the whole thing. So, yeah, he's like, that's, nope, uh, they will call me and I'll come and I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's threatening. You don't have enough. to worry about being sued. You know, you know when your dad does it, nobody's getting sued for that. <laughs> right. So, so I acted pretty, I acted pretty well for the most, plus at the same time is like, you know, your dad's a principal or mom's a teacher. Like you don't want to come off like too big of an a-hole because it sort of reflects on them a bit too. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I didn't have that perspective, unfortunately, as a kid. So I was just. And they're paying the bills, you know, they're keeping me in baseball gloves and cleats and all that shit. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was, (laughs) I definitely appreciated my parents for, I mean, they were the ones that would transport me to all my gigs. They were, they were my ride. They were my roadies. They were. No, they weren't my roadies. That's not true. <laughs> I think I had to do all the heavy lifting myself. But um, yeah, I mean, God, I, I frequently, you know, people ask me like, are your parents, you know, are they are they proud of your career choice that you've made? And I, I feel really fortunate to be able to say, yeah, they are. They 100% support it. My dad's a very enthusiastic. He's like my number one fan. And my mom doesn't understand a lot about music, but she really tries to, you know, when I tell her about like the recording process or here's a thing that I'm working on that's challenging like she really tries to understand what I'm talking about and 
you know, she'll listen to me vent about all sorts of things that are not really in her purveyance of, of education, just because music is, you know, a very niche uh, subject. But um, yeah, they're amazing. I got really, really lucky to have two parents that were like, this is what you want to do? Go do it. Have, you know, good luck. Right have fun. That's awesome. Yeah, That's really, really, really awesome. fortunate. I've actually, I'm adopted and both, both sets of parents are, are that way. So it's, it's a really, really fortuitous situation. And, and I just, I feel very lucky. A to, lot of support, you know, a lot of support. Lot of lucky support. to have that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, when I meet people that are like, well, my parents never really encouraged it or whatever, it just, it really amplifies the gratitude that I feel that my parents were. In fact, my dad was a straight up hard ass when it came to practicing and thank God he was because otherwise, I don't know if at 12 years old or 13 years old, I would have had the, uh, because it wasn't until I was 15 and I, I, um, and I saw Bonham also play for the first time that I was really like, this is 100% what I want to do. And it wasn't until then that I really had the passion to sit down and practice on my own for eight hours a day because I had a goal to work towards. I wanted to be mm-hmm. that level of guitar player. Before that, I was doing classical and I hated every second of it. My dad would, you know, throw sandals at me if I decided to get distracted while during my 30 minute practice window. So yeah, it was like 15 minutes of practice was like the end times for me as a 10 year old. You so. practice or get in the sandal. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, 100%. It was, it was uh, probably really comical from an outside perspective. But I don't think there was one time that I didn't get absolutely livid that I was getting shoes thrown at me. But so it really Brian, did, now it. We, it did the trick. Brian, now we know where the tyrannical behavior at our band comes from. <laughs> 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 well, you've never seen you throw your shoes at the band members. We know why. Yeah, this is Doc Martens flying across the room. You can probably make a pretty good guess. You do a little damage from. with those things. That's what they do a little damage. <laughs> I know. That's a kill a man. <laughs> It's a good thing they're not you gotta write a blues song about killing somebody with doc martens oh man i should what a what a shoe in for a sponsorship that would be no pun intended right <laughs> shoe in very very well well done well done thank, thank you i'll be here i'll be here all day <laughs> well you know you can compliment your you know your nashville time with some the stand-up stuff that you have down there you know music stand-up you can just do it all that's another thing that people don't tell you you need to be good at when you're a musician nobody mentioned these things like your onstage banter is a really important factor. And I'm honestly, mm-hmm. I get the worst stage fright. I mean, Jason, you saw me live. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I have a very bad habit where if I'm feeling insecure on stage, I will shut my eyes for an entire song until I have to play a solo. And it's just like this weird thing. And so nobody was like, you don't realize it when you watch bands play, but the onstage banter oftentimes, especially like a top-notch musician or performer, it will seem very easy. And a lot of times I have to, like actively think about what the hell I'm going to say on stage. Sometimes I get lucky and it goes great. Um, I think the best on-stage banter night I had was at, you know, opening for Buddy Guy in January. That just for some reason was a very easy night. And then other times I feel like I'm like punching sand. It's one of those things that like nobody tells you, hey, as a performer, this is another skill set you're going to have to have is being able to, you know, engage in an audience in a comfortable, relaxed, you know, entertaining way. And when you're hashtag socially bipolar, that's not, it's easier some nights than others. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) And I always try to do a good job of it, but it's like the bigger the room, the easier it is for me. Because when you're talking to a smaller audience, it's almost like you feel pressured to engage in a conversation and you shouldn't really have to do that because, you know, not to, not to, you know, sound like, like an egomaniac, but as the person on stage, 
people don't really want that from you. They want just a performance. They want the person that they're watching on stage to be the person they expect to see when they think performer, entertainer, musician, whatever. Um, it's pretty weird. And so I have to, yeah, I have to kind of tell myself, like get in this mindset of I'm, I'm controlling the room. It's my job to control the room. I can't let the room control me, but it's, it's not always comfortable or easy. In fact, most times it's not. You knew everybody by first name basis. I'm pretty sure at Taffy's. Well, the one couple who'd come up from Cincinnati who met you on a cruise ship before, and you were good about calling out people. And Yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing that's, you know, I, I like playing to large rooms of people. It's actually a lot less pressure, but when you have like a small room of people that you know, oh my word, it's like every nightmare come true because suddenly you have this thing of like, these people have predisposed expectations, you know, or they've seen you before, they haven't seen you in a while. So you need to, you know, demonstrate that you've made growth as a musician and a, a writer. Um, you know, you just hope like, God, is my voice any better than it was two years ago? You start putting a lot of pressure on yourself that probably isn't there in the first place, but it definitely works its way into your psyche on stage. Um, but that being said, like I have really bad memory when it comes to people like faces and names, I just don't do very well with. Um, but if somebody like has seen me before, or if I've had a conversation with them before, it's really important to me to build that one-on-one -on -one relationship because it adds a little more meaning to what I'm doing. You know, it makes me work mm -hmm. a little bit harder. Um, and also it's just, I think it's important for people to understand that like, I'm not an unapproachable person just because this is my life. You know, I don't have to be rude. I don't have to be, um, you know, just ungrateful. And I'm always very grateful. And that's something that is the most important thing to me to communicate actually to an audience is just how much I appreciate them taking the time to show up at that spot at that time because they don't have to there's like a thousand other things you could do you could be eating apples in a swing or like whatever you're into but <laughs> bathing dogs i don't know but yeah that's i think that's the reason that i i do that is if i have time to talk to people before a show and just build that that connection and just make sure that they understand that like it's not unappreciated or unnoticed that they're there because that's the most important thing anybody can do is just show up Oh, so thank sure. you I mean, again for, for being there, <laughs> you and your wife. You guys were, were absolutely lovely. Now, do you remember her name? Because we taught you how to say it correctly. Oh, that's right. It's a Dutch name. Yep. Does it start with an F? No, S. S. Nope. I don't remember. You took, you took two words and smashed them together. One's a car brand. Is the back end. <laughs> One's a car brand? Yeah, Saskia. Spaghetti Saskia, smash them oh, together. That's Saskia. Right. Oh, that was right. Saskia, yeah. And which is such a gorgeous name, by the way. Like, it doesn't sound Dutch, but it's such a great name. Rembrandt's wife was Saskia, and there's a fam famous portrait of her. That's how that's a popular name. Wow, I didn't know that. Actually, I think I have a book on Rembrandt in here somewhere. I should know that. That's, um, yeah. Well, now I'm definitely not going to forget it because now I've been publicly embarrassed. So, <laughs> that's, that's learn anything. you met her one time, you should have remembered. <laughs> the millions of people that you meet you know it's a that's all good she she's not a big fan of like jamming and she really did like your stuff like she's like oh yeah, that's like sweet that. it's actually really good i'm so glad to hear that yeah we try to not be too like self-indulgent on stage we try to have a structure no but i mean it that's was you know what i mean like she's like three minutes is a good length for a song like that type of stuff but like the musicianship and stuff and she really liked listening to you guys good i'm so glad to hear that well please tell her i said hello and i will Remember <laughs> now, Brian, I have five quick uh, lightning round questions for Leilani, if we can do it. Right on. 
because we did the extended round with you last time. So, Lailana, you last time you were on here, you did say that you had you might want to give us questions for lightning round. So now's your chance too, if you have any. Oh shoot. We'll give you homework <laughs> for next time then. <laughs> all right. These are gonna be five quick fun ones, just real fast. All right. Favorite flavor of ice cream. Mm, um, coffee. How do you take your coffee? Two nights in a row. Two nights in a row, we had somebody say coffee, ice cream. How do I take my coffee? If it's yeah. Denner coffee, I take it black. If it's hotel coffee, I add a little bit of cream and sugar. If it's Starbucks coffee, I get a shake and espresso. A, a shake and espresso? Yes. It's so they cold just... and frothy, and I don't know what they do to it, but it has oat milk, and that's really all I need in my life. Wait, were you wearing an oat milk shirt in the video for Diamond Shine? I was. <laughs> I was, and I didn't. I didn't realize until I saw the footage. And I was like, "That's the shirt that I chose to wear." I'm like, are you sending a message, to everybody? Oat milk. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, this is really the whole. The whole reason I even started my career was just a, you know, subliminal <laughs> and a dairy alternatives. You know what? You're pushing that sponsorship, right? Oat milk is really looking to get in the rock shop. We've been calling Oatly for weeks now. It's just they're not getting back to us, but we're hoping their people will call our people. <laughs> All Actually, right, guitar player and the other guitar player in my Broadway band, he also he saw my oat milk shirt and he's vegan and he had to get his own oat milk shirt. So there have been situations where some nights we're both wearing oat milk shirts and it looks a little it, ridiculous. It's, it's <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, have you ever read comic books? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay, see, that's an important <laughs> question. What are the last three artists you've listened to or streamed? The last three artists I've listened to, um, Larkin Poe, um, uh, the band Camino I just recently discovered, which is a super lame thing to say, because I think they've been around. They, for are eight. they called the band Camino or are they just called Camino? They're called the band Camino. And I've only okay. heard one song and it's the song Berenstein, but uh, apparently it was a really big deal and I was 100% checked out of modern music. So recently discovered them. And uh, who else was I just listening to? Um, I was just listening to um, Wilson Pickett. Wow, nice. Oh, very eclectic choices. Very eclectic choices. <laughs> All right. Lastly, what's the first song you're going to learn on that beautiful Gresh guitar? First song I'm going to learn on it? Probably yeah. my own. Probably. Okay. <laughs> on my own. Um, I don't know. That's a very good question. I mean, lately I've been focusing on writing, so it hasn't been about learning material so much. But um um, I don't know. What do you think is a good Gretsch guitar? I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Stray Cats, right? Something, something Stray Cats or, you know, something along those lines. Stray Cats would be ob obviously a really good choice, you know, again, Brian Setzer are doing the whole Gretsch thing. Um, I don't, yeah, that is a good, that is a really good question. If I mean, you, you don't have to be, um, not, what am I thinking of? You don't have to be stuck with that genre of rockabilly i mean you can do anything else who else what, what else do we what other gretch legendary music has been out there did roy orbison play gretch at all like yokum malcolm young yeah, yeah malcolm young true. had his own for his rhythm you can do an acdc song that's true i could that's very true um actually Even though angus played the sg but still you know yeah uh i don't know first song to learn on this i don't i'm not sure that's a really good question i don't think of like I think you play I think you could crush. Uh, I think you could crush your newest track on there, uh, Diamond Shine, with it. Yeah, you know what? Maybe this will be the guitar I use for the the uh, the lesson on the solo. 
<laughs> See? <laughs> just don't watch your music video to learn it. Yeah, just don't watch your music video. It's fine. Just leave it alone. Um, I do actually, you know what? I have some I have some lightning round questions for you guys. Okay. All right, Brian, I'm, I'm what's finished. The last, Brian, what's the last album you listened to in its entirety? Uh, Mojo Thunder Hymns from the Electric Church. Ooh, very nice. Okay, I dig that. Um, Jason, what is your favorite speed to go in your day-to-day -day car? The, uh, the speed limit. <laughs> Some people like a cool 65. I don't know. I think it says a lot about a person. Um, I mean, I, you know, I live in a neighborhood. I don't think they'd appreciate if I drove 65 through the neighborhood. <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay, Brian, uh, do you put the cereal in before the milk or the milk before the cereal? Cereal before the milk. Like a sane person? Okay, it's good to know. Okay. I was going to say a psychopath would do it the opposite. Cinnamon Toast so. Crunch this morning. So. Oh, good, good, choice. good choice. That's a solid, solid. choice. Uh, Jason, what is your favorite riff to play? Oh, that is a super good question. My favorite riff to play. Oh. It's probably the intro to My Morning Song by the Black Crows. Mm. Or... Blue Sky by the Almond Brothers. I'm opening the Blue Sky by the Almond Brothers band. That's, that's a great that, one. I'm going to go with Blue Sky. Love it. That's a great one. I forgot about that one. Man, I'm got, yeah. maybe that's the song I should learn on this on the scratch. Yeah, I think you should. I think we're going to make that decision right now. Blue I think Sky. it's been decided. It's settled. And uh, last but not least, uh, Brian, what is, uh, when was the last time you were starstruck? Hmm. I don't know, maybe talking to Charlie Starr. Hmm. But it's more, I think I was more starstruck talking to Steve Gorman. Well, it wasn't in person, though. Well, I had, no, I have met Brett. I've had met Blackberry Smoke at a meet and greet. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I, yeah, don't, I, know, that. I don't know if I necessarily yeah. felt starstruck, but probably the closest thing to it, probably. Right. Oh, yeah, that's still, like, a huge thing to see, like, you know, people like that, like, just meet them in real life. It, it, it's mm -hmm. a perspective changer, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that, those are all my lightning round questions. That's, that guitar riff one was a good one. I'm, can I steal that for when we have guitar players on? Absolutely. I will give you credit for it. I'll trade a market to you. Do you know anyone that puts milk in the cereal before? <laughs> I don't think I do, thankfully. Oh, um, I'm just kind of wondering. Where <laughs> I'm like, how could you do that? Like, kind of <laughs> guesstimate. You're going to crush it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I think I would have to really reevaluate my choices in, in a question. Oh, that's a great question. It's a, it's it a really weird. It really is. Feel free to use it at your leisure to assess somebody's thought, psychosis. It, it really is. <laughs> what, what happens if they say they put the milk in first? Then what do you do? You have to give them a fake address and probably change your name. Change your name, get rid of all yeah, your social media profiles. I think, I think technically, legally speaking, I think you have to call the cops. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I would 100% agree with that. It's a criminal. <laughs> I think you're well, legally hey. obligated to call the police. <laughs> Listen, everybody who's listening to this podcast, now you know a surefire way of figuring out if somebody's a psychopath. You ask them <laughs> the, the serial mill question. So public service by Leilani Kilgore. You're welcome. Also, if they put one sock and one shoe on instead of both socks and both shoes on, you also are, are approaching dangerous territory. 
You put the sock on <laughs> and then you tie the shoe and then you put your other sock on and tie the shoe? Yeah, that doesn't seem trustworthy either. Never done it. Yeah. I don't know. If I, I might have. I might have done it at one point. I probably severely reassessed my, my decision. <laughs> I w- it would be good because, yeah, I would. Yes. You made the right decision in life if you changed your path towards the dark side. <laughs> right. That's Turn every from the dark. origin story. Every origin story starts with putting one sock and one shoe on before <laughs> the other sock and the other shoe. <laughs> you know, that's really how Darth Vader got his start. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those people that will drink orange juice and then go brush their teeth. Like, it's, oh, you know. Jesus Christ. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. That's or, the level of mania Darth Vader has or probably. Lick, or lick a nine-volt battery. Right. You know, actually, sometimes, like, I have to do that on stage. Not on stage, like, as part of the Just show. To see but the I have to charge. Do it. Yeah, and it's not, it's not my favorite thing to do. I'm, like, licking batteries. Also, it probably looks insane, you know. <laughs> That's what you have good your crew not- to do. Hey, hey, bass player, come over here. Like this guy. <laughs> it's a good thing to not have it for me, and I'm just not walking around with a bag of nine volts, just absentmindedly in an airport. I've got a something. severe addiction to battery acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is getting pretty dark. <laughs> I apologize. I'm this is gonna be great in the episode cool. description. <laughs> How to tell if somebody we discussed how to tell if somebody's a psychopath or if you're going down the trail with a psychopath and an addiction to acid battery acid how to catch yourself before you fall down the dark hole of villainism you do you do so before we get too crazy and we ruin this whole glorious conversation where do we go to find out more about leilani kilgore Check out your singles, where you're going on tour, buy some of this beautiful merch like this t-shirt I'm wearing right here. Um, you can do all of that on my website, which is www.leilanikilgore.com. Um, it has all my merch on the, on the, 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 killing it over here. The merch is on the website. You can find all my, all my events on my events page. It'll have all my gigs listed with locations and addresses and time. Occasionally, my flight info ends up there, so that's always fun. Um, yeah, and that's that's where you can find all that good stuff. And um, there is a, an email newsletter that's optional, but we're actually switching platforms to like a community text thread. So um, that's how I will be updating people about releases that are upcoming. And I think the next release is scheduled for. August 16th is when Higher Ground will be dropping and then the music video at the end of the month. So that's very exciting. And it's only June. Oh my God, it's only June. So next single, Higher Ground, comes out August 16th. You're shooting for the video a week after. Yeah. Yep. That's that's it. Because July, we're going to be mostly on the road and, and getting ready to go back to the studio. So we're putting a little bit of space between the between the two singles. But uh, I'm glad you liked it. What's that? I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you enjoyed the, the single. Oh, no, no. Like Diamond Shine. Well, right mm-hmm. now, the one that's out now is great Diamond Shine. I liked Higher Ground. Uh, very good. Um, so love what you're doing. Want to see? Want to hear more of it. Now, you are also very active on social media. the Twitters, Instagram. I, you, do, you do do a little uh, of the TikToking. Poorly, but yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> there's stuff there. It's there, definitely. Um, actually, you know what? I was supposed to do a whole TikTok video on Sunday, um, 
Diamond Shine got its first local radio play Sunday night, and I 100% forgot. I thought it was Monday. I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, I'm on Twitter, and I get pinged by a friend of mine who's, you know, a fan, and he goes, Leilani Kilgore's Diamond Shine is playing on a 102.9 right now. And I was like, damn it. Like, how do you miss... How do you miss that? Like holding your phone up so you know, watching the radio. Right. It was like seven minutes after it had aired, and I was like, oh, so about like I was supposed to do a whole thing, and it was supposed to be like a big moment for me as an artist, but like I think I was literally like looking over like a spreadsheet for merch numbers, like the least exciting thing. And I had all these people being like, Oh, I, I recognize this voice, it's Leilani. And I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Good job, me. Well done, me. Way to go. So I'm sure you should have been that 12 year old running numbers studying contract <laughs> law with the visor in your bedroom if i had just done it 13 years prior i wouldn't have to be doing it now see Le- life lessons life lessons Life lessons. but it would be like that's the most that's the most typical thing that i would do is like forget about my own single being played on radio and just like mm-hmm. completely space that makes perfect Not much sense. Of an, you don't have much of an ego you really got to work on that this rock thing's gonna go for you <laughs> I once showed up to a gig without a guitar. Like I forgot my guitar at home, <laughs> 65 miles away. <laughs> so, Did you just borrow one and an amp and something from somebody or what? There's gotta I be somebody on Broadway with an extra guitar. <laughs> it, it was such a weird gig. Uh, we were playing on top of stacked hay bales and for what reason I cannot tell you, but lo and behold, they didn't have any power. Amazing considering we are playing on stacked hay bales outside. So I had like the extra two hours to run home and grab the guitar, turn around and drive back. And I think we ended up, I think the gig ended up being a complete disaster, but you know, you live and you learn. So that actually happened. I thought you were joking. (laughs) I was not joking. No, and I'll tell you what, I never forgot a guitar again, but I have multiple times forgotten my pedal board or I forgot an amp or I forgotten cables. So it's, it's really part of the course that I forgot about my own single being played on the radio. It just makes perfect sense. Well, don't forget about us when you become this huge blues rock star that you're arching towards right now. I'll tell you what, in about five years, we're going to have a conversation about the time that I forgot what festival I was supposed to be at and ended up at the wrong (laughs) festival in the wrong country. It's all just going to scale from this point. It's just going to get worse and worse. But I will, I will definitely never forget the two people that I had a very bizarre conversation with about sock and shoe habits and cereal milk measuring. Cereal <laughs> milk. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hire Leilani to write my material for these uh, for the uh, lightning round. She's got way better questions than I. See, now you got you got in between song banter now. Here's your material. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll just take a poll of my audience and see who prefers what what method of cereal before milk. And if anybody says the wrong answer, I will immediately have them security. Out. Security. <laughs> security <laughs> just if we could just scoot that whole section like that far back just keep an eye on him well i do love diamond shine i think it's great august we have um higher ground and then do you know what month or what kind of man's coming out i'm assuming it'll be mid-september i don't think we're doing a music yeah. video for that one um and the higher ground music video is actually going to be a very large production and editing situation oh, wow. Um, it's definitely going to be a little more um, involved than the last three that we've done. So actually the reason that we're, we're postponing the single music video so far back is just so my videographer has the time to edit it. It's going to be like hours and hours and hours and hours of footage. And we have like four different locations we're shooting. And anyway, point being like um, with what kind of man not having an accompanying music video, unless for some reason it blows up, 
um, they will probably be released mid-September. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that. But hey, everybody, go out and check um, Diamond Shine. It is awesome. Like, listen to Leilani Catch Fire at the end of the solo. We got a couple more track or tracks getting ready to come out this summer. It sounds like we got a tour set up. We're going to see you out about and around. So we want to certainly catch you there. Go to her website, check her social medias out. She's very active. She's engaging with her audience. Always love you to talk to you, Leilani. Thanks for being on. Thanks. Thank you, Leilani. And you guys can hear the new single, Diamond Shine. Check out the video. Check out Leilani wherever she's playing. You guys will have a great time. And thank you, Leilani, again, for an absolutely uh, incredible weird and funny and great and charismatic humorous and great conversation anytime <laughs> i'll even provide like play out music thank you leilani um for the most hilarious entertaining stand-up conversation dark, dark. <laughs> dark humor uh, wow so uh if you people have any of the symptoms of psychosis like putting milk in your cereal for the cereal if you're putting your sock and your shoe so on shoe <laughs> one at a time uh please uh seek out some alert your local authorities some professional help <laughs> this is apparently a sign of a uh, deteriorating mental condition yeah now her her um lightning round questions were good and i got a lesson to learn from her on like just random stuff i loved it I loved it. She's yeah, yeah. She's so much fun to talk to, and she's a great artist. Like her music is phenomenal, but she's a cool, cool person to chat with. Yeah, yeah. She she was great on those questions, and you know, we like we asked her if she was gonna do lightning round, and then just a couple minutes later, she's like already. She's got like that stuff just snaps in there like that. And yep, sharp, just like her solos. You know, <laughs> just bangs them out. Um, but no, it is good. Like I really do like that Diamond Shine um, song um you know we've got the links to the other two tracks that are coming out uh i think people are going to really like them and it's it's a nice progression from triple x moonshine to to kind of where she's going now where you really hear and see that the blues influence and when you see her live show brian it is really more blues than anything else it's great and uh, you know i i can't wait to get a chance to to see her i don't know where that's going to be but i'll definitely uh take the opportunity to do so so uh, once again a really great great conversation with leilani uh, i know you guys enjoyed it as much as else as us so always remember southern rock is reverent blues is blood we'll see you next time
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 